Hello, I'm Sandra Patel-Stewart, CEO of Transition Partners. And I'm Ellie Nettleton, Managing Director. Welcome back to our Let's Talk Leadership podcast, The Culture Edit. This season, we're super excited. We're going to be focusing on how leaders embed a positive organisational culture. to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast, The Culture Edit. So I am extremely excited today because on my sofa, not only have I got our lovely Sandra, I've got Sandra joining us, who is the CEO and co-founder of Pan Intelligence. Hello. Hello. Thank Hi. you. Hi. It's so Thank lovely you. to finally have you on the podcast. I know we've been speaking to the business for a couple of years now about getting you involved. So uh, glad we managed to get a date booked in the diary and to do it in person makes it even more special in our Leeds office. So I've worked with the brand um, for probably about three years now, so I know a lot about your culture, which is why we wanted to get you um, involved in the podcast, because it's well worth shouting about. So it'd be great then to start by, um, if you can tell us a little bit more about the core values of Pam Intelligence. Well, thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. And (laughs) um, yeah, fabulous working with you guys. We really love it. And I think culture is something that we've intentionally set out on from the minute we uh, set the company up in 2014. In fact, in 2014, we spun the business out from another company called Pancredit and literally we, we picked the server up in one building, walked across the car park and dumped ourselves in another <laughs> office. And there was only six of us at the time and it was like, oh my God, what have we done? And I just emptied my life savings into buying the IP of this company. But it was like that moment of go, actually, we've got an opportunity here to kind of start out as we mean to go on. Yeah. And the first thing we did before we had a bank account, <laughs> sit down and go, what culture do we want to build this company around? Wow. So me and, and my co-founder, Ken and Mike, um, at the time, we both had a real shared set of values that, um, and still do. Mike no longer works in the business, he's retired, but we all had this kind of love of working together around some real common values. And we knew that that was the foundation for what we wanted to do. We'd all worked for the technology businesses and we're like, actually let's, let's, let's build something we're going to be really proud of. Um, so yeah, so culture was the foundation of right. Let's do something special, not just build a great company. And we run these workshops and I've got no idea what I'm doing when it comes to kind of culture workshops, but Hey, you know, give it a go. <laughs> and I came up with this idea of some kind of onion. Uh, so like inner circles and outer circles, and there was all sorts of weird and funky diagrams. But in the end we kind of, um, got everybody together and asked them what, what mattered, what did, what did they want to be part of? And it all came down to three core values at the time. And we're just re energizing those at the moment. Great. Um, but yeah, so open and supportive and innovative. And the reason we ended up on those is that we realized that in order to build a really innovative business with a really innovative um, culture and do some amazing stuff with tech, mm-hmm. people needed to be really open. And mm-hmm. in order to be open about their ideas and share them, they had to feel safe. In order to feel safe, you need to support people in the right way. So a culture of feeling safe, fail fast, Love no that. ideas, a bad idea. And that openness and allowing everyone to bring their whole self to work was mm-hmm. the foundation. So in order to have innovative culture, you need to have an open and supportive environment. And those are the foundations, the three pillars that we built the business on. So. Do you know, that's really fantastic to hear and, and refreshing to hear that you, you obviously started the business with the six of you and before you even had a bank account, the first and foremost important thing to you was values and culture, yeah, which great, you don't hear 
very often do, um, which is fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that culture. How's that evolved over the years then? Because you've really grown. Um, and obviously the past couple of years everyone go more and more remote businesses change and adapt as you go from like the 6th to 10th to 20 and as you've kind of grown it can get sort of watered down how have you maintained those core values and now you're saying that you're looking and re-energising them at the moment what's the story been behind that yes great so god it's been hard (laughs) like really 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 hard um the minute we move you make it look easy as well I'm so glad you said that it's so hard and we literally got to the start of the pandemic it's easy for a tech company right everybody already had tech most people were sort of working in a remote non-remote way anyway and most of our meetings with customers were online so actually for us pivoting remote working was quite an easy transition um, in comparison to other um, other companies that, that I know in different industries. So it was easy for us. But culturally, we had thrived on this place and organisation where there was no kind of silos at all. So development and sales and marketing, that cross-organisational working, everybody's idea was a good idea into every team and department, that open culture, that we have all hands every single week where we go from how much money is in the bank account mm-hmm. right the way through to you know everything that's happening across the teams every single week for an hour it's been a complete discipline in our business and we've done that oh. from the day one from so six everyone's people everyone's involved every single really? person that's in the company great, every week yeah. for an hour and like I say from what's in the bank right the way through to everything every team's doing and we've done that like say wow. from day so one that's time back to that openness completely yeah. yeah and as you grow kind of keeping people involved and making those meetings feel interesting when you've got more and more people <laughs> yeah. involved and so innovating those but then realising that actually there's other types of communication remotely that you need to do um, because you're not in a business overhearing conversations going oh I heard about that can I get involved that becomes harder and I think what we really found was we lost a bit of that energy across the business that interoperational energy Mm. where people started to kind of just be talking in their teams more because they were remote and that was the bit that got hard so we then brought in a number of cross-organizational working groups that were around kind of well uh, well-being health and diversity so we came up with pie shield um probably a little bit on the avengers theme Uh, (laughs) a bit geeky Um, but that was all about helping people to across the teams to be engaged in an agenda that affected everybody so mental health well-being you know, dealing with the impact of COVID, making sure that when we returned to work, people felt safe and all of that kind of stuff. And and a whole range of initiatives. Then we built a culture club, which again was cross-organizational, which was all about how we do. So we did all these kind of secret banter, which is basically secret Santa, but for Halloween, where we all send each other tricks or treats. And people were literally opening boxes with severed plastic heads in. (laughs) It was really, but coming up with really fun things to do remotely that made everybody feel still part of that culture. And then we've got a diversity and innovation group. And all of those are cross-functional. So they are they are about kind of getting everybody still to work across teams, but mm-hmm. on things that matter to them at that point mm-hmm. in time. So like I say, Pie Shield, Culture Club, and our D&I group are all things that have emerged out of the remote working, really positive kind of things. And that's helped to keep some of that real energy across the business. But yeah, lots of things we've done. Loads I love the fun Fantastic. side as well. I yeah. feel like every time I speak to someone in the business, there's always like a new fun event coming up. Like you do, you do a lot of like themed 
parties and stuff like that, don't you? Love their dress up. But yeah, <laughs> everyone loves dressing up. You did one for Halloween as well, didn't you? Yeah, so, you do it all the time. Any excuse. So we turned to work when we reopened the office. We said, let's have a party. And there was a conversation about a tiki bar before lockdown yeah, and we've got this bit of land behind the office and we said we'll build a tiki bar and we'll have this tiki bar in and we'll need it right by the airport <laughs> on an industrial park that's our tiki bar and then it never happened because of lockdown so the first thing everyone said was like let's build a tiki bar now because we live in yorkshire and the weather's not so great yeah. let's build it so we literally built the tiki bar in the middle of the downstairs and it's the centerpiece of the office <laughs> and and then my cto ken said i know and then suddenly turned up one day and he built um, a whole gaming station. You know, I, I mean, I'm, you may not, you're probably too young, you two. Um, but they, when I was a student, mm. we used to play Street Fighter on the old oh, arcade yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. And that was, yeah, I literally grew up playing yeah. Street yeah. So he's put a whole new games console, old games console, re-engineered really? it, built it oh, into the teaching. <laughs> I've got one for my son at home. He's got Pac-Man and yeah, all sorts yeah, on yeah. it. Oh, you've got loads of gaming machines at yeah, home, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, he's awesome. mad. So, yeah, I mean, just, just making office somewhere that Fun, feels yeah. like home. Fun, and we've put, like, sofas downstairs. And we've made it just a collaborative workspace. But, but yeah. Thing, the thing is, you spend most of your time at work with your colleagues. So, mm. it needs to be it needs to be a fun, collaborative working environment. Um, and that know, fun and side so, makes it innovative because people share ideas. Because you're having yeah. a laugh, you're more like, you don't feel silly. No idea is silly, is it? And it makes that... No, when you've got staff prepared to dress as flamingos, it's like <laughs> you, know, you kind of break down a lot of barriers. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think um, mm-hmm. it's all about letting people bring them, their whole self to work. We, yeah. we pride ourselves in, yeah, obviously you have a job description and role. You guys are in recruitment. You know that we will kind of, it's as much about who the person is as it is about their skills. In fact, it's probably more about that because we can teach people a lot, right? But we always say we build a role around a person, not a person around a role. Mm-hmm. So they'll come into our organisation and they, they will... They will evolve. Um, I've worked with strengths leadership for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. The, um, there's the Gallup Strengths Finder, if you've ever heard of it. But I've done all of that training, and I, I take all of my managers and the, the, my direct reports through the strengths um, approach. And this is all about getting to the core of a person, you know, helping them to understand their strengths and their weaknesses. And what you do is you help people to play to their strengths because when they're in their strength zone, yeah. yeah, and they understand their weaknesses, it's easy for them to go, well, this is what I need around me so I can play to my strengths. So you build teams around different kind of strengths and allow people to evolve into the space that they can perform at their best to their strengths. And that's, that's it. It's really getting to know the person and what makes them their superhero, right? And uh, and I believe there's all sorts of superpowers people have that haven't been unlocked yet. They just need the opportunity to kind of understand them and identify them. But there you go. <laughs> Interesting. Absolutely love that. It's fantastic. Um, you said earlier that you have the you share everything with the business, the teams, and it's a weekly meeting. I'm just interested to understand because of, it's not often. Um, CEOs and founders of, of businesses and, and, and leaders at that level are involved in those sort of meetings. Are you, do you involve? Do you lead those meetings? Are you involved in all those meetings? And are you kind of quite kind of there, visible within the business? I'm probably too visible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably a metal too much. Do you need I to think, back off a little? <laughs> I think my investors might say I need to back off a bit sometimes. Um, yeah, no, I think it's really important. I think we did um we did a. a, a piece of work um so yeah back to the sort of values and culture we're resetting our values Mm. and culture um framework because you know 2014 is a long time ago and I think we've evolved as a business and 
when we asked all of the staff about what they felt our values, so every single member of the, the, the business participated in those values and cultures workshops to go, you know, where are we now? How is it different? Yeah. And really brilliantly, Open Supportive Innovative came up all over it. So That's the core fantastic. values were still really flowed yeah. through everything. But the one thing that came out was the visibility of the directors in the business, the accessibility of the directors was mm. one of the things that was valued the most. Mm. And therefore, it's always been, you know, we don't have, you know, it's completely open plan, as most offices yeah. are these days. But, you know, I'll be sat and doing the call-out days with our new SDRs. You know, my, you know, Ken, um, co-founder, he'll be, you know, hands-on, helping our consultants build stuff and mm. in with the development team, prioritising. Gaming see, with them. Gaming <laughs> with them or whatever. And we can't do it all the time, but actually it's it's it keeps us real yeah. and yeah. it keeps us true and it helps us to check in with the culture of the business yeah. and how people are feeling. So... And I don't think we'll ever not do that. How much time we get to do that going forward, I don't know. But I think we'll always find yeah, ourselves that's in that. And it's um, it's just it, it, the people. It's it's thinking about the people, and the people will really um, appreciate that, won't they? It'll mean so much. And like you say, mm. even if it does reduce it over time, the fact that you're still doing that and keeping your hand in with the people, I think I'll will. never stop because I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm what I love doing. I love doing I'm absolutely it. Absolutely same. And, it's keeping and your finger on the pulse, though, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and it's your, it's 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 who you are, and it's where you come from. It's still your your baby and your passions, and mm. you know you enjoy it, and that's what you get. You know, people's the exciting bit. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing how many business leaders say, "Oh God, the people's the hard bit," and I'm going, "No, it's not. It's the really exciting bit because essentially we're a people company. Yeah, okay, tech. We've got a yeah. bit of tech, but people yeah. build tech, people sell tech, people support without tech, the people, people configure tech. Yeah. There is yeah. nothing without people. Yeah. Yeah. People's the exciting bit. You know, helping people kind of find their happy place in a business mm. and work become not just a part of life but you know a really enriching part of life mm. not just you know i don't want people to you know work to live yeah. working should be part of the yeah. thing right and it should yeah. feel like part of their joy of life so mm. getting people seeing people thrive and enjoy work and being in an atmosphere i walked into your office today honestly guys <laughs> you've got an awesome culture the buzz and the energy and the feeling the in the room because of that and and that that's the exciting bit yeah we've built some tech and, and that's exciting to a point but yeah. the, the business and the people yeah. in it the best yeah. bit. that's it that's what i would say i've been doing recruitment for nearly 20 years now and um and i get quite often get asked why do you still do it why are you you know what 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 enjoyment do you get out of it now what do you enjoy what do you enjoy what don't you enjoy uh, do you know what for me is and what always changes is the people as you get mm. new people in mm. you build strong relationships the existing people the people that have been here for a long time that's what gets me out of bed. That's why I enjoy and enjoy sitting in that office now in front, you know, in, yeah. in, in and amongst it all. And we have a laugh. Yeah. When you came over and laughed at me for sending that gig for the first time, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's, it, that's why I do it. That's what I get out of it. That's my enjoyment now. It's important. Um, mm. Really important. So you're obviously a very inspirational leader. Um, I would <laughs> love to, and I think it'd be really great for um, us to share. What, what from your perspective you've received built a great fantastic culture what you feel the three kind of key characteristics a strong good leader should possess oh gosh that's a big question <laughs> <laughs> oh and you've only got three answers oh yeah. three um I, I, where most people are getting it wrong and what, what should we be doing? So I can only go on what I value, right? Mm. And it's not what everyone else values. But I take Charlie, my COO, 
and who we love uh, who is right yeah. just one of the most amazing humans on the yeah. planet yeah. right and her. you know when you know when you meet someone and they go she's brilliant she is mm. exactly what we need yeah. but not just what we need from a fitting into the company from a what she can do it's who she is right mm-hmm. it's who she is that matters and you know, if I was to just look at Charlie, it's really hard to reflect on yourself sometimes. But if I was to look at Charlie and go, you know, what makes Charlie really special? Mm. What makes her amazing? You know, this is somebody who is incredibly authentic and honest and true. Mm. You, you, whatever Charlie says she's going to do, she does it and she means it and yeah. she cares. Mm. There's an absolute, you know, core to Charlie, yeah, which yeah. is, and when people's words don't match their actions, that's when leadership that's, fails. Yeah. When somebody's actions resonate, and that's okay, authenticity, there's lots yeah. of words to describe yeah. that, but I think it's about somebody's, you know, saying something because they really mean it and then mm-hmm. doing it really, yeah. actually, at the heart of authenticity. Yeah. That's Charlie. Um, Charlie's also, she's, she's, she's got this beautiful combination of being fearless and scary whilst being just the most <laughs> lovable human on the planet she exists yeah and I think uh, that makes her you know that that vulnerability but at the same time that strength if yeah. you can be strong and vulnerable wow that's mm. amazing and I think strong leaders that can be vulnerable and people feel they can connect with mm. so being authentic honest real saying what you're going to say you're going to do and then being strong but vulnerable and women actually in my experience can strike that balance better find it easier mm. than men not that men can't I just think it's men don't feel like they've got the permission to be as vulnerable as mm. women have if I'm being honest yeah. with you I think it's harder yeah. for men to feel safe to be vulnerable mm. I think women have more opportunity to be vulnerable than men do I think it's harder for men in that regard but I think that's that's a superpower for women that they should lean into and allow that vulnerability to kind of connect with others gosh so that's too um, lastly, um, mm, I don't know. I think givers gain is something I say a lot. I think people that give before they expect to receive and trust that by giving out there into the world, it will come back. I think that's a really great mindset and a great attitude to have. It's one I've lived by that, you know, just trust that the world will give it back to you and it does yeah. and give it time. So go out there, keep giving to the, do mm. the things that you believe in, do the things that you think are right, help others, enable others, support others and it does find its way back to you it does find its way back to you and I think that that you know giving to receive all the time is what I think is short-termist and short-sighted and one of the biggest limiting factors in business today whereas people that go into leadership going I'm doing this for a bigger purpose and trusting the longer game I think is key love that and we do a lot of it in our mm. office, don't we? Like, we're always trying to put positive things out there because we're like, it'll manifest and yes. things will come back and it's good. It and good does. karma. And it good does. karma. you just got to believe in that it, it will. Do it the right will, thing. It will come back And it around. does. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, it does. Definitely. I love that. And I love what you're saying about that, like, authentic leadership. I was chatting to one of my clients earlier in the week and they were just... I'm Because I, I always, like, really open about leadership and I always ask for advice and stuff like that. My clients are great. And they were talking to me about how, like, if you're vulnerable about it but you're open your team will always pick bits up for you and they'll do it because they know that they want to be able to support and they know that yeah. you're not going to be great at everything. You're going to drop the ball at some point, which we all do. 
and uh, when you're burnt out more than it's not even about dropping the ball is it we've all got our strengths and weaknesses and it's about working together and it's and what we do well as well is balance and and bring people on from different backgrounds Mm. um, which I think is really important as well because you get a completely different mix of skills and experience and we can all work together as that leads us perfectly to talk about (laughs) diversity and intelligence (laughs) so well done there I think um, for me it's always uh, pan intelligence Diversity is marathon, not sprint. It's a long-term thing that we're going to have to keep working at. But businesses locally, it certainly stands out to me that pan intelligence is one really at the forefront of that. Um, and your attitude towards diversity, it always shines through. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about like the business and, and how, how like the ED&I piece is working for you and, and, how, and how that's going. I think in the tech sector, it is super difficult right now. Mm. Even as a business and a leader who kind of goes out there and talks about it yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, I run a network of um, 900 women in Leeds, mm. which is all about, you know, it's Lean In Circle, which is all about trying to enable women to kind of be the best they can be, mm-hmm. lean into their vision of success and give them the confidence to get there. Um, I work in, you know, initiatives that support STEM and the pipeline of talent in mm-hmm. the diversity of talent into the technology sector. I run a network called No Code Lab, which is all about enabling that digital skills gap, inclusion and diversity mm-hmm. into the digital sector through No Code Innovation. Crikey, I'm, I sit on the um, found. I sit on the Founders for Schools network, which is all about enabling founders to get into schools to inspire the next generation and be role models, so they can see themselves mm-hmm. in roles that perhaps they perceived yeah. were not for them. All mm-hmm. sorts of things. So there are so many ways leaders can get involved in the DNI agenda, but it's slow and hard, and it's not easy to change. So we suffer still, even yeah. though I'm really vocal, involved in all of this stuff. Yeah, with getting diversity into to the to our development teams. And yet we've probably done better than most. And yeah, we've got, yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We, we have and we've attracted because again, when you have diverse leadership, yeah. then you're more yeah. likely to attract a diverse talent pool. And we know that there's a lot of talk about, you know, kind of, I don't necessarily believe quotas are great, but also quotas help in improving diversity well, at leadership levels. Right. And then it tracks yeah. more diversity in the pipeline. So, you know, have we got diversity nailed? No. And I, I would, I, you know, I would challenge that we still have lots of things we need to do. I'm really passionate about neurodiversity and not yeah. just kind of gender diversity mm. uh, and all of the other kind of you know aspects of DNI of which there are many, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, but neurodiversity is a real passion agenda for me because I think there is, um, you know, I'm I'm dyslexic. My co-founder is dyspraxic. Um, I'm always trying to look for people that have neurodiverse um, uh, attributes that are not uh, are undervalued elsewhere because actually um, I think those with 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 um, different skills that don't fit into the normal uh the normal education system the kind of linear path of learning they miss the incredible talent that these people have got just because they've not been able to do a degree or got a levels actually they've got incredible talent and passion Mm -hmm. in an area and and an awful lot of um people in the tech community are you know are people that have different kind of skills because they're neurodiverse Mm -hmm. diagnosed or undiagnosed so i think there's a real opportunity there for us to kind of enable more conversation around that and enabling that so yeah gender and uh, you know is an area that i'm very vocal on but there are other areas that we're looking at i don't think it's going to be a quick solution uh, the, the skills pipeline shortage is huge you guys yeah. must know that i mean it's 
desperate. It's <laughs> desperately difficult. It's ridiculous. It's, it's difficult. So the yeah, more people we can get attracted into digital yeah. through whatever means possible yeah. and, and feel like it's a place they belong, yes. the better. So yeah. more role That's models, it. please. Yeah. More and more people out there representing the different groups that, that it's can It's a continuous journey, though, isn't it? It's just yeah. something that we need to continue to, to work on. It's not overnight but it is just it, that skills gap is just ridiculous at the moment it's the, yeah i've been in recruitment like i said before i've been in recruitment for 20 years and it's the worst that i've yes, horrendous at the moment but we we still have more but, women in leadership roles in our business than most tech companies yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know yeah. if you were to look at our board and look at our leadership team you mm. know from a gender point of view we do really well as a business um from a um from an ethnicity we again do very well i think the fact that we're based in Eden, um between Leeds and Bradford means we attract two different um, yeah. uh, gr- communities into the business mm-hmm. and that enables diversity for us um, and there's all sorts of things that, that that can be done and I think my one piece of advice if anybody was asking and often get asked you know what what can I do to do something mm-hmm. different um, I say it's all about the pools that you fish in so you know don't don't um, don't just fish in one pond and yeah. say, so you guys are awesome, right? You, yeah. yeah. You, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll take on the mantra of helping us kind of go as broad as we possibly yeah. can. But there are also different groups. So North Coders, mm. as you know, yeah. they're really good for yeah. us as well. Just help us to build that kind of diverse pipeline of talent in other areas. So make sure you're not just fishing in one, yeah. challenge yourself to fishing in different pools talk to the universities talk to the local um, pipeline providers really and I think about being like that visible role model as well you do so well and like the going into schools piece early Mm. like grassroots level it's the only way longer term that we're going to combat things isn't it so I think by going in and supporting can you tell us a little bit more about your involvement then what did you call it founders in schools yeah founders for schools so it's a national um platform for uh, sherry q2 set up she's one of the directors of rm which is a big education Mm -hmm. software provider in the uk she's really well known for it i'm sure she's got an mbe or something because of it um (laughs) and that enables founders to so schools you register as a platform as a founder Mm -hmm. and then schools can request for you to participate in all sorts of different activities like careers days and workshops and come into schools it connects founders with schools in a way that's really easy for for them to connect with each other so that's fantastic because it's a digital way of enabling that connectivity without having to use other ecosystem partners direct between both parties um but also at lean in we run a community stream in the circle that I run and I just did a project with Farsley school um to two classes as a just being a kind of digital leader role model and we did this whole workshop and the kids in two weeks' time are going to be presenting back to me um, through oh, wow. Zoom their ideas about the company they would set up, what their idea is, wow. and how they would. Be- and actually, one of the questions is, what are the values that matter to you in the company that you build? So really getting them to think about not not just the I idea of the company or what, yeah. but actually the main question is, what 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 sort of company do you want to build? Yeah. What how what yeah. what matters to you? And it's yeah. amazing they they're so tuned what in age to that stuff. Is that? So this is key stage two. So this is um, year six and year five, I think. Um, So basically, they just before they go into high school, and then they go into sort of thinking about their options and other stuff. So really trying to get get them inspired because the problem with primary education is they don't start really teaching computer science or you know digital is much more classic curriculum. Mm. And then they get to secondary school and they start to get introduced to that. So 
think it's a really good time to get them sort yeah. of exposed so to role models. Yeah. So. And so exciting to hear. Like, I'd love to see it on those Zoom calls. That would be, like, really I, re-energizing. I can't wait to watch their ideas. <laughs> I really am. I'm really properly excited. They are so Not funny. Not going dragon's den on a It's so funny. <laughs> They're so funny. They ask you brilliant questions as well. What car do you drive? Are you rich? Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and then the other question. But, they, but you know, kids are kids. They, they will ask you the questions that no one else would ask yeah, you. And yeah. that's what makes it so much yeah. fun, really. That's really so good. So we've, it'd be great now to um, talk more about, to d- delve a bit deeper into the culture side around health and well-being, mm-hmm. obviously, particularly given the challenging 18 months or so that we've all had, there's been such a, a big shift in, in society where there's certain um, behaviours and illnesses all underlying, yeah. underlying within health and well-being that haven't kind of been openly as discussed as much or supported as much as, as, as it is now. Um, so I'd be really interested to hear more about how Pan Intelligence support health and well-being, any particular um, internal programs or new initiatives that you've implemented that have worked really well that other businesses might be able to kind of follow in in your suit, really. Yeah, definitely. Um, employer assistance programs, quite a few of those. We've, we're part oh. of two, and they're really just independent um, organizations that enable employees to go and um, have support and advice so that because sometimes it's difficult to talk to if you if you're really struggling with something mm. you want to talk to your manager yeah mm. and actually sometimes you don't want to talk to a HR person either yeah. so um, we've got two EAP providers um, uh, and then uh, I don't know if you've heard of Thrive yes yeah. is that the one that you looked at before yeah I think I've looked at I thought you looked at it as well yeah. Jodie yeah. um, leads based business mm. so let's support oh, local right. ladies yeah, so yeah, we yeah, should yeah. do that yeah. they've got a really great EAP platform and again they've been fantastic as well so there's 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 you know like local pride and national provider that they use a local mm. one because then if they want to have some one on one time then it's somebody that it's can it's nice that they're local mm. and it's nice that it's local yeah exactly face to face yeah so that's a kind of independent kind of place for people to go when they need support around all sorts of different personal health well-being challenges um we also have mental health first aiders so we've trained i think five now um do you know what i think that's really hard because again it's really difficult for people when they're struggling to want to go to somebody in their business and talk to them and i think it's quite a a big responsibility for somebody in an organization to be that mental health first aider so i'd say it's probably been as helpful for the people going through that training as it is for other people in the business to go to them trying to get those people to talk to each other we haven't cracked that yet we we tried that didn't we? Mm. We tried that year before last, I think, and we tried it for about six months, and we had regular meetings set up, mm. um, like open space, like, kind open, of like yeah, in the, but, it, in the but like you say, it didn't really kind of. It just, and I think it's because it was all internal. I think it's hard when it's, it's internal. Hard to yeah. open up to. It's the right idea, but I don't know yeah. that actually <laughs> it's easy for people to talk to somebody else in the business that they're going to yeah. have to bump into every day, right? But, but if everyone can get trained in it. It's a really great. It's train like everybody in the company. Yeah. I think one of the best yeah. things we should do yeah. is just say everybody can be a mental health yeah. first aider, but it yeah. starts with you. Yeah. So actually, yeah. I think this is about help people, self help, right? Yeah. And yeah. crikey, I don't know how many self help books I've read in my life, right? But I think I've probably been my own therapist for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you know, it kind of starts with you. So if you can help yourself, you need to sort of you've got to help yourself before you can help others. Yeah. So I think yeah. actually getting everybody to go on it to just start to with them yeah. would probably yeah. be the best way to go about it as opposed to putting them under pressure to be the one to help mm. others. So I've not quite got myself in a place where I really fully understand mm. the best way to make that happen. Outside of that, oh, we have also... So every Tuesday we um, buy breakfast for everyone so that encourages everyone to come, in, to come in on a Tuesday that wants to come in. So we provide like a, a, a big breakfast for everyone on a Tuesday. We have 
um, we have fruit, we have, oh God, we have all sorts of mm. stuff, you know, the usual yeah, stuff yeah. really. But yeah. I think it's more about um, people feeling safe. Yeah. And the one thing that I think is more important than all these programs and all the breakfasts and other stuff you provide is that somebody feels they've got someone they can go and talk to. So mm. regular one-to-ones with their manager, never underestimate the power of one-to-ones. And making one-to-ones not about task, but about person. Yeah. So the focus of one-to-ones, and we're just restructuring those around our new sort of framework, values and behaviours, mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that we're attending to the person and just checking in with them first. Mm-hmm. Where are they at? How are they feeling? Mm-hmm. How is it going for them? The person and then then the work. And I think retraining managers and making sure that those mm-hmm. one-to-ones, person first and then, yeah. and then task later gives that opportunity to just see if somebody needs some support and it might be the manager's not the best person to help them but at least we can start to identify where people need support earlier and I think that's really important and we've had a few a few cases this year where people have you know, really hit walls mm. and we're not always the best people to help them mm. so it's giving them the support they need but understanding what it is they're struggling with and then and then consciously and actively going and getting that external support which which I think is more important than any of the breakfast and all that yeah. stuff we do yeah, yeah, <laughs> really yeah, if yeah, I'm yeah, honest absolutely. with you so they've got to feel they can talk although to somebody although the tiki bar's fun these are the, <laughs> these are the, the tiki bar is very <laughs> fun the tiki bar is very fun and don't underestimate <laughs> toasty Tuesdays that's really popular as well when Ken comes in and makes toasties for everybody. Does he? Oh, yeah, yeah, makes so he literally goes so, so sweet. I know. So you know, he multiple toasty machines. <laughs> <laughs> just literally, it's like, but, but you know, just li- li- little things, little things yeah, that make people nice, smile. Exactly. Fantastic. You said before, um, so quite interesting to understand how you've adapted to, um, I guess, kind of like the new ways of working mm. and how, whether you've gone hybrid, fully remote, or you've got a mix of two. And you said uh, every Tuesday you do the breakfast every Tuesday morning so everybody's in that that day yeah. how how was the rest of kind of like what does work-life balance mean oh it's a good work? question so so Tuesday everyone's not in it's whoever wants to be right. in. Okay. so we we've we've not put in a mandatory return to work yeah. policy at mm-hmm. all in fact we have lots of staff who've, who've not returned at all to the office and may never right and yeah. we're working with them on um their plans for for what they need right um because I don't think, I don't think any organisations have really worked out what this really, really yeah. means. So we've changed our flexible yeah. working policy um, to have core hours. So now people can choose. I think our core hours. Gosh, I'm going to remember this. Charlie will kill me. Uh, I think it's ten well three, which are our core hours. Not that big. <laughs> no, it is. No, that, this, I think it's ten well three are our core hours. Yeah. So we ask people to be present for for making sure we're available to customers and everything else. But, at, you know, if they start early, leave late. So so there's complete flexibility at the beginning and the end of the day, mm-hmm. how they do that. But there's some just core hours. And that doesn't matter whether it's in the office or remote. It doesn't. That's just for everybody. And also, the office is always is open, actually, every day of the week. I'm in usually three days a week. In yeah. fact, Charlie, me, Ken are in at least three days a week, sometimes right. four. It's part of that visibility thing. Yeah, and, nice but, and well. to be there for other people. So yeah. we've had loads of new starters. Yeah. And actually, it's it's really important that they get the opportunity mm. to work alongside people to learn. Yeah. And But it's yeah. not fair for us to expect other members of staff who are not ready to return mm. to be there. Yeah. So we've got to be there, right? We've got to be there to make sure that we can onboard them into the culture and yeah. into the company. Um, but we've had loads. We've got thirty percent of the company is in three days a week, 
which is not a huge amount, but it's mm. not a small amount, and it's increasing that's all of the time. That's people want to be in, I think. Yeah. In a lot of tech yeah. business, that's probably quite high in comparison to others. It's still that? mainly the commercial side of business. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's yeah. sales, tech, marketing. Yeah. A lot of our tech team are still remote. Our yeah. cloud team are in the office. A lot of our developers. But to be honest with you, I think it's been easier for the developers to be remote because they yeah. can just head down. Mm. And yeah. you were very, we were very noisy office before. Yeah. <laughs> it was very noisy. <laughs> and most of them spent the whole time with just headphones on yeah. trying to cut out the noise. So <laughs> in a way, I think, you know, it's what it's what works best for people. Yeah. Um, so we're still, we're still working it out. But the, the core working hours and the complete flexibility around that, I think that's really helped. How do you people. manage that work-life balance? Because you're here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> if you asked my kids yeah. <laughs> and my husband, um, oh, do you know, it's never been easy. Mm. Um, it's never been easy. I, I would lie if I said, oh, yeah, you can have it all and yeah. it's fine. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's, it's not, actually. Mm. Um, it's hard, and it's hard for everybody. You know, there are some mornings where you've just got all the stuff to do with the kids in the morning, mm. make sure they get out of the house with all the stuff they need. Um, and there's always things that happen right there's always mm. stuff that goes wrong mm. either side of your day you know mm. your job starts when you wake up and it finishes when your kids go to bed mm. my kids are teenagers now so it's a bit easier um but certainly when they were smaller you know um it was hard um but i really genuinely love 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 what i do mm. and i love working and i love my business and it brings me so much joy that finding that trying to make that balance work is worth it yeah and yeah I wasn't in the playground all the time at pickups and drop-offs very rarely yeah my kids had to do a bit more after school club stuff Mm. than others and yes my husband's had to pick up an awful lot more at home than Mm. perhaps other family arrangements work Mm. but you know that's not a bad thing Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, quite frankly I think I've come out on the right side of that (laughs) so but um but it's um you know, it does. Of course, it comes with a bit of bit of sacrifice. But if you really, really, really love what you do, it's worth it. And yeah. um, but I don't think I don't. I, I think what's really important is that you know, if, if you really want to have a family and have a business, and you have a partner, and you you know, it is about getting them to to work with you yeah. on that dream. Yeah. And um, I'm really lucky. My husband's been super supportive, and he's got his own company too, right? It's oh, like we're wow. both entrepreneurs, so. Wow. Um, we've both had to kind of give and take a bit yeah. between us, yeah. but my kids are super resilient. Yeah. They're tough and they're yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's what it creates as well, though, doesn't it? Yeah. It creates that, and then it yeah. instills that culture and those values into them as they're growing up as well. So yeah, it's I mean, not, it's they, not they'll nice. probably. I'm sure if you spoke to my teenage daughter, she goes, "Oh God, Mum's never here." And she goes, "Teenagers don't want you there anyway." They do. They don't know. She absolutely doesn't. She doesn't. She's not bothered. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I think it's. It's a balancing act. Yeah. Don't underestimate it. But it's, I honestly, I, it's been worth it for me. I wouldn't change it. It's about being present though when you need to be, isn't it? Yeah. And I think making making the most out of quality time. That's the thing. Like when we're all busy career women, yeah. it's important to us to have that to be able to then enjoy the rest other parts of life that we love. And I think it's making sure that you're you're present and in quality time when you are around. I'm still I was hoping you that Zandra was going to have the answer, weren't you? <laughs> I literally, I find myself sat on the sofa trying to pay attention to something that we're yeah. supposed to be watching at family yeah. time. I'm like, turn my phone over, must not oh, have man. the screen flash. I have to throw mine in the middle of the room these days, oh. and it's so bad. I'm just like, he makes me throw my phone does in the he? room. Yeah, because, and, and I need it, because otherwise it's just, it's just, it's, the head doesn't it's, switch it's, off, it's does it? Like, no, it's just it's habit, isn't it? It's habit as well. It's so bad. Um, I think I'd 
love to finish the podcast then with just a bit of a, a career advice from you really I guess ultimately our podcast people listen to it for those different things but they'd love to hear from someone as inspiring as yourself like your top piece of career advice I do have one okay and I do have one because <laughs> I thought you might. it is absolutely the thing that I think stood me in good stead and I see it and so I'm going to tell you about a girl called Sonia Sonia Dom- Dombrowski mm-hmm. um who turned up at one of my lean-in events mm-hmm. and walked straight up to me and she says, I want to work for you. And she was doing wow. a master's in maths wow. at Leeds University and she was like, I want to get into data scientist. I know all about you. She paraphrased, told me a load of stuff about me. <laughs> I was like, tell me about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no pressure. And she was confident and knew what she wanted and how can you say no? Love Sonia. She yeah. sounds great. Yeah, and and she, I was like, yeah. So she came She's and did. <laughs> so she came in and she, she worked and did a, a placement for us. And um, she was brilliant. And, and shy Ben's getting out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not about your CV. Yeah, absolutely. It's not absolutely. about your CV. When somebody walks up to me yeah. and they, they really want, to come and do what you do or yeah. work in your sector and they know about your business mm-hmm. and they've and they've they've had the confidence to walk up to you and yeah. say and you know what you don't have to be the most confident person in the world if you if you don't if you can't walk up to somebody drop them an email so do how, an email or a letter how, or how, yeah. how am I yeah. the CEO of Pan Intelligence I'll tell you my story yeah. so I was mum two kids set up my business sales cake which is my first consultancy business mm-hmm. and advising and supporting startup tech companies and I literally my, both my kids were at nursery so they, I had two under the age of three and I'd started a business and it was wow. just after 2008 big economic crash Jeez. I was like oh my god what have I done <laughs> <laughs> idiot you're an idiot um, and I was like right I'm gonna make this work so I put a pin in a map I was like I'm gonna try and find every software business within a five mile radius of my house mm. and I lived in Carberry at the time and I just looked and pan credit which mm-hmm. was the business that I pitch myself into um was one mile up the road in Eden and I lived in Carberry so I found out who the CEO was a guy called Peter Constance on LinkedIn I was a trustee for Leeds Rugby Foundation at the time helping with kind of grassroots um rugby and, and getting involved in schools and he uh, pan credit sponsored Jamie Peacock who was currently yeah. Oh, at the time the captain of Leeds Rhinos absolute Leeds legend Leeds legend totally so I was like oh there's a connection here <laughs> I'm going to use that so I just linked in messaged him and went hey Peter I'm Zandra this is what I do could I pop in and have a coffee told him about his business and the fact that we had this connection with Leeds Rugby yeah. and he just replied and went sure come in and have a coffee <laughs> and I went and had a coffee and he went actually I've got this product called Pan Intelligence we're trying to get off the ground this guy called Ken who's just built it and I don't really <laughs> know what else we can do with it do you fancy, fancy coming in and helping and sell it to some more people I was like sure <laughs> and I just started helping them take it to market and then I had the opportunity to buy the product with Ken and then now wow. I'm the CEO of a company that's really growing and all I did was just say I really want to come and work with you yeah. I really get it, what you're doing and actually yeah. you're one mile up the road and it's really easy for the kids <laughs> <laughs> nursery so selfishly it was very convenient for my for my well, personal so arrangements but shite bones get notes so I think never under, you know just because someone's got a job title like a CEO or director mm-hmm. don't be intimidated by them mm-hmm. we're really normal yeah. really human we've all sat there kind of wondering how on earth we've got to where we've got and we're all feeling imposter syndrome nobody's everyone's winging it so please just walk up to us and if you really really want to come work with us just ask yeah. just drop us a note or go and speak to transition partners or speak to transition partners uh, but, but genuinely just just 
just ask because you'd yeah. be really surprised that confidence of wanting something is more important than what's on your CV. I would be surprised if Sonia didn't end up in your sales team. <laughs> that is so lovely to hear. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. So thank you much, so much for taking the time out of your yeah, busy schedule to sit with us today. We've loved having you on. Yeah. If people do want to reach out, now you said that, you're going to get loads of people getting on. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. I'm going to get so many people reach out to you because literally you have come across so, I'm so inspired. <laughs> you, but I'm like, where is Set up for the day. Get her on the phones. Yeah. I was having a bad start to the day, actually. It just got so much better. There we go. So if people do want to reach out, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, what's my uh, Do you know what? I, so I love LinkedIn because... Yeah. Um, why? Why do I love it? It's really easy mm. for people to drop me a note, me to quickly reply yeah. and set something up. But Twitter also, but I, LinkedIn's my favourite. Yeah, and uh, also I can have a little bit of nosy about them. <laughs> uh, so that's what I also like about LinkedIn. So I can find it. So yeah, do do just find Zandra Moore. Fortunately, having an unusual name, so it's just Zandra Moore. Type it into LinkedIn and you'll find me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, please do. And I'll definitely reply. Thank you so much for coming Fantastic. on. Thank you very much. for listening to our let's talk leadership podcast the culture edit if you would like to talk all things thought leadership and how you've embedded a positive organizational culture get in touch you can also follow us on linkedin and stay tuned by subscribing to us on spotify or youtube for future episodes stay tuned for our next one bye for now guys